two, three. Because we're famous for this podcast. No, we weren't famous before. Now we're famous for this podcast. It's what we're famous for. All right, guys. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to the Tup Approach to Podcasting review episode presented by uh, me, Pete, and uh, Tommy, Tommy. Okay, so you say Tommy, Tommy there, you know, twice because you say me, Pete. So you describe Tommy with the same type of two-word thing, and you just, there are no two better words than Tommy, Tommy. Um, But welcome to Tommy. Meet cute. (laughs) <laughs> yes, a real meat cute we have on our hands here. Um, <clears throat> Tommy, it feels like we're going to have to start uh, giving you a cut of all the money we're making from the podcast. Money? Just because of how often you're joining us on it. Yeah. You're, you're, how often you're kind enough to join us on it. Uh, I like um, consciousness and I'm here. Oh, yeah. Bringing it. You're bringing it to the listeners. And this is a consciousness reminder? Is this what this is, Tommy? Like you, a podcast reminds you about consciousness? Just not even doing a good one or talking about that topic, but just like could be talking about anything that reminds you of consciousness. I I don't know. I just, I have two sets of headphones on my head. <laughs> Yes, certain tip-offs that should require, you know, more (laughs) self-evaluation. Two sets of headphones, where have I uh, gone wrong type of podcast? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, well, that is type one of uh, the tough approach to podcasting. Tommy and I, before off mic, uh, were discussing some of Tup's finest methods of of just letting us uh, bury ourselves (laughs) and being like just a real nerve for being okay with silence like tup won't tup's okay with not being the first to speak he's it's a nice confidence he has um so nice job tup and you know at least the first five minutes we wanted to dedicate to that very thing about you and just how much we love you Ah, a tricky way to encourage me to just not talk for the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. A big interview about not talking. Yeah, what, did it, what is it about not talking that's so great? And then if you talk a lot to explain that, you've, you've what, gone against everything you believe? Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yep. Well, a true welcome to Tommy. Um, what it, Like, Tommy starts his own podcast. I, I thought... Um, Pod Burkast. A true welcome is a sign with the word welcome on it. <laughs> yes. Uh, very, very well said by um, the student body president himself. Pod Burkast, like Tom Bernath. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm here. I'm still here. <laughs> Peasant. No. What do you think about that name, Tommy? What do you think about that name, Tommy? What do you think about that name, Tommy? What do you think about the name Podbercast? You start your own music podcast where, you know, you do, 
Oh, a lesson. Is anybody doing a guitar lesson as a podcast? And like, you're a very interesting, good teacher. So people want to tune in for that. Is that happening yet? Patreon, follow my guitar lessons. Uh, and it's not I like to that's... learn. It's to watch and enjoy you teaching somebody else who you're already better than. You're just watching because you're interested in guitar. Uh, I had an oboe. Right? And, and I was wondering, do I trust people who carve their own reeds? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I thought, yeah, sure. That's fine by me. As long as you're carving it out of like a bigger reed and not something totally different, you well, know? It, it's your own oh, read. Yes. I, I think that's nice, you know. Uh, no, it's definitely nice. I'm a yeah. brass player. You know, it doesn't occur to me to, like, lathe a mouthpiece. Right. How do you uh, make the jump to stubs is the question. Right. You like playing music. You're good at it. And now I'm going to build the machine, you know? And I don't know that he builds instruments necessarily, but, like, Okay, I like to make things out of cement. I'm going to buy one of those things that does that so I can learn how to build my own. Or no, am I getting what Stubbs does wrong? He For a while, he was talking to, uh, hopefully I'm saying this correctly, a luthier. Uh, okay. Luthier Vandross, I think was his name. <laughs> um, and Martin Luthier just King. Kinda, <laughs> Martin Luthier King, yeah. Uh, I think, is that right, Tommy? Is the term correct? Luthier? somebody who makes guitars yeah somebody who uh somebody makes, who makes lutes probably based on that name right guitar or well a, a guitar is just a a newfangled lute <laughs> oh yeah um, oh right a lute is right just the barrel chested guitar that's right it's an old school guitar so anyway right. he was talking to it to one of those folks and like was gonna take some lessons from him because he's oh yeah he's always been into the the creating uh, instrument side of things, but no, I yeah. think he's only created the the shitar, which that wasn't his idea, but he he built one and then he built the shitar own, which was his idea. I, I mean, I might that might have been my idea to be honest with you, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> becomes Stubbs a huge debate. What you said, <laughs> yeah, you just said the complete opposite of what you're saying now. But I don't um, know if he's uh, built any uh, tonal instruments. Just, just percussion, as far as I know. But okay, uh, fair enough. Yeah, I could see Stubbs going. What? Give him five years before he does the uh, the mop bucket and the the like mop handle, I guess, with a few strings, and you play it as a stand up bass. Right. Have you come across one of those, Tommy? Uh, uh, an actual wash tub bass? Yeah. Yeah. No. No? Okay. I feel like I have, like, I don't know where, but just, like, some outdoor bar five years ago, you know, somebody's playing one of those. And he'd probably just, oh, a fake one would be good. It's like a, uh, it's like a cover for a regular bass, and it looks makes it look like you're, does a, an optical illusion make it look like you're playing a, a wash bucket bass. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I did look at some footage today, uh, 
of bass playing uh, and early bass playing. Do either of you two fellas know the name Jimmy Blanton? No. Played like like six, seven in the morning, like early bass playing? Yes. I'm a huge fan of uh, Jimmy Blanton, just name-wise. But no, I'm not, <laughs> not familiar. Jimmy, I like yeah. Jimmy well, the Blanton. Blanton is awesome. Jimmy Blanton was a game changer uh, in the upright bass world like in the 20s uh, in Duke Ellington's band uh, the the band became known that era became the, the Blanton Webster band his name uh, used to be Duke Blanton <laughs> Blanton <laughs> I just, you know, recapping the story incorrectly. <laughs> His name actually used to be Duke Blanton. You know, yeah. just, I don't know, just being incorrect on purpose. And that's the joke. Not clever enough. Cool. My bad. It, it's, a, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I, I did a list of band names uh, this week and I put Dookie Smellington on it. That's nice. Yeah. So, I, was, I like that yeah. one. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to get involved in that. That's right up my alley. It's like a game I play by accident all the time. Um. Yeah. But so, so you're saying it was Duke Ellington and the James Blanton Five or something <laughs> like that? Is that? Uh, I'm talking about that's a Jimmy, good formula, Jimmy Blanton, uh, who was a a teenager who played the bass like nobody played it before. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, but everybody played it after. Not James. Uh, I, I, James I, Blanton sounds better. Yeah, you sure it wasn't James? I'm not really up on all the you know specifics of his life, and I don't want to dishonor him. But he he did kind of usher in the century of walking bass, walking bass hmm. being like quarter note, you know. Yeah, that's very soothing. Before that, before there was walking bass, there was a two beat. Boom, 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 boom. So those were half notes. I got a girl, Okay. Well, Jimmy came along and gave us this big old fat quarter note. Jimmy. Uh, Yeah, but in those pioneering early days, the guy that I really am trying to talk about is Israel Crosby. Ah, Uh, is he the cross man? Yeah. He was a bass player who, uh, he died in 1962. So that... Oh my God. That's not so good. Um, 62? It's kind of early, right? (laughs) Yeah, how old was he at that time? Not old. I believe that his digits probably would have been... He he would have been in his 30s. This is going to be... Anybody who knows this 
anybody who would be interested in this knows more about it than I do, you know? So it's a, kind of an awkward position to be talking about something where like, I, I, I feel like anything I, I'm going to say is going to be the, if you know these names, then you know more about them than I know. Right. right. It's a catch something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a catch something else for sure. <laughs> uh, Izzy, what is that a nickname for? Oh, I get. I already. I said the nickname. You said his real name, Israel Crosby. Israel Crosby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So there you go. I reverse engineered the answer. He was a very respected bass player, uh, and. And what did he add? Remind me. What did you say, Tommy? What did he add to that? Like, well, I guess I am trying to draw some kind of broad lines here and say that you used to have a, a feel called a two beat that was half right. note oriented. Bong, 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 dick, bong, 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 bong. Uh, and then you. Jimmy Blanton gave us kind of walking bass. Yeah. And what was so good? What was so different about that? Like, what were they doing before? I mean, what you just said, but I mean, like. Well, you had a tuba, right? You had a sousaphone, you know, but okay. now we're going to do it on the string bass. And there was this era of kind of slapping. Right. Uh, and you know, but, is that the evolution of music? Like trying to make one instrument sound like another, like, oh yeah, everybody had played the trumpet, but nobody had played the trumpet like an electric guitar until Boswell, the Grand Duke of Ferdinand, or whatever the guy's I mean, name was. Miles Davis starts to put a trumpet through guitar pedals and stuff. Okay. There you go. Um, yeah, that that would what, happen. What did but Israel that's, Crosby give us in the line of succession? You were you were okay. getting there. Well, yeah, Israel, Israel Crosby. I think because of his premature death, uh, never got the chance to play the bass. <laughs> well, no, he he did, he did, he he hit big, and you know this is America. So in America. <laughs> Uh, if you're a black musician, success means crossing over. And nobody ever told me this. I don't know. This is just my observation based on being, you know, when I was young playing with old white dudes, I found that there were some who were interested in say Dave Brubeck, who is white, but there was a crossover, Ahmad Jamal, this piano player also hit like in the fraternity scene, mm. uh, like in the fifties white fraternity scene. And it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, that this audience, you know, got into it but they did yeah um uh and 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 so you could meet these guys you know this like in the 90s if you met certain 
men who are like in their 70s, they might know all these really hip Amajamal records. I lived in Richmond, you know, uh, uh, like plantations and stuff. And there would be, you know, sarsaparilla and all kinds of Southern white plantation-y things going on. And then seemingly from out of nowhere, you'd have this super hip uh, space-oriented jazz music. uh, Oh, space jazz? Well, okay. I'm I'm trying to talk about Israel Crosby and uh, Ahmad Jamal and Vernel Fournier. They had a trio and what was so slick about them was what they didn't play. They would leave you hanging. They made a big deal about everything they did. Like dropping off notes, Tommy? Is that what you mean? Like they would just like leave out a cool note? uh, There's like a tradition, you know. Okay. You've you've heard of uh, Thelonious Monk. Yeah. Theo? When when he was playing, he's a band leader, right? When he thought the band was really sounding good, he would walk away from the piano and he would just kind of <laughs> dance. Them they sound bad. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Like just like, like I'm, my job's done. I'm just jamming. I don't. Now. I don't have to do anything. You know, right. this is it's happening cool. now. You know, right. I, I I got it all here and now. You know, it's right. taking care of itself. It's like when the pilot can go to sleep during the flight or whatever. It's like, hey, we've reached million altitude, blah, blah, blah. Like the pilot just puts on his thing and goes, takes a nap according it, to the It is flight. like that. It is like that. If if our intent is clear enough, right, we can broadcast our intent and then it's almost like we don't even have to do it. We can just wink right. at it, you know. Yeah. Uh, they, they talk about how much vermouth to put in a martini, you know, and you know, j- just, just, just a, you know, a nod in the direction of vermouth. So yes, Peter Vermouth. Yeah. 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 This flight he, is he, reaching altitude fourteen hundred. We are ready to take flight. He's a good. The friend crew will of mine. be by to buckle you up. So um, flight. If you're in a band, you know, it's it's a wise move to try to let, you know, the space be featured, right? Because hmm. you don't have to unload it from the trunk and it doesn't have sweaty socks next to you and the... And the bus, you know, it's space is a good thing. Yes. And Israel Crosby and Amajamal and Vernel Fournier, they found a way to interact that had, you know, we can, if, if everything is just so, we can leave a, almost everything out and just skip lightly along mm. and, and, and you'll hear, you know, 
re- layers of resolution, you know, will be, be revealed. Drummer. Yeah. 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 And, and, and so you get into sort of a meditative trance like state. Oh, yeah. To the beat of your own drummer. But, you know, bass is very drum driven. So um, maybe. The guy who started the you know that guy is who to you know say a little prayer to before bed yeah man i i, I would pray to the bassists that that could be a good movement a new religion pray to the bassist.com start the website figure out the rest later i'd go a little like you know Base, you can have a base, you know. The base and the truth and the life. You can have base, excuse me. The Fender makes a pretty good, like, $400 Mustang base. It's like a good instrument. You could play it and be happy. Uh, You can be a bass player, but what I would say to you if you, you know invest that way it's the note duration that's going to be your stock and trade you know it, mm. precisely how long does the note last when does it start when does it stop and uh if if you can take a page out of israel crosby's book and skip lightly along uh you know it sounds like the bass is playing itself oh that's a good way to good place to try and get to there's a story i wish i knew which big band it was but you know if you think about what a bass instrument does in music it plays the lowest note of the chord usually the root Um, so it's pretty important if you've got horn voicings uh, what note the bass player is playing matters Uh, and there was this one band for which Israel Crosby prior to his tenure in the Amadjamal Trio he was in this band and Everybody who played bass in that band had to read the music, the sheet music, the chart, unless it was Israel Crosby. He was allowed to play whatever he wanted because he had the harmonic sensibility that wouldn't upset the arranger, the guy that wrote the chart, you know. Yeah, guys who the rules don't apply to, those are... uh... Those are ones, if they have a good personality, they can go down in history and like, man, he, he like everybody gave him the nod and he wasn't annoying about it. What a beast. Nice job. Yeah, man. I, I, I think he was a guy who was in the zone. You guys have a green light for me. I, I think you guys are such beasts. It's happening again, Pete. You know, I'm talking yeah. a lot. You're talking a lot. And Tup's <laughs> Tup's taking a taking a, a rest. Tup's been recording us this whole time. You know, 
yeah. behind our backs. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. Uh, I guess I do know why we're talking about the big quarter note. We're talking about bass playing. Maybe uh, this is the Tommy show. This is what this is what's always happening on my channel. Yes, absolutely. Um, and let's let's revisit that uh, right on the other side of this uh, commercial break. Yeah, all right. right, man. You guys, you guys were talking that whole time. I didn't get a chance to talk at all. Yeah, you <laughs> sneaky. It's what we're famous for. Okay, welcome back to the other end of that um, part you just heard there. Do you guys know about the uh, British guards or cop? kind of guys that have to who have to stand still yeah. yes yeah bear skin hats right is that what the is that what the uh animal is bear that's what they call those guards bear skin bear skin hats oh. <laughs> berenstein uh, bears I, I read it you know because it, um it's hot right that's right. in the news and so there was a a photo of somebody, uh, you know, those guys that can't move, somebody was trying to give him a, a sip of water and he's wearing this absurd bearskin hat. That must be where I saw that. Yeah, somebody was given, right, it's hot out there, make sure your elderly neighbors get some water once in a while. A hat like this will pretty much make you elderly before everybody's eyes. It'll really heat you up. Check on these guys too. It It would only... Uh, figure to say. Those hats are silly, huh? Yeah, it's the uh, the outdoor equivalent of the uh, court wigs. Do you, is, do you know yeah. and like the court wigs, Tommy? That is, that's hilarious. I like I that they know. do that. I don't, what's a, oh, oh, you, like, <laughs> oh, like the barristers and, 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 and uh, you Somehow I thought Courtwig was one word, C-O-R-T-W-I-G. Johnny Courtwig. I was like, uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with that. Johnny the Courtman, Courtwig, of course, yes. He was a, uh, a lacrosse player before his time, that, that Johnny Johnny Court was. Court, Courtwig Cox. <laughs> well, what do you think about those uh, Courtwigs? The uh, barrister <laughs> yeah. wigs. Those are great. Oh, Tommy. Yeah. What do you do? You like those, Tommy? Do you like seeing them in TV shows? Yeah, sure, man. I, I like it when they show up in Star Trek: The Next Generation. That was always really cool. Sometimes you know they'll show up in like Doctor Who and right. on a robot and stuff. Uh, the I Next Generation of wigs. Yeah. You know, I'd like Introduce. to see those. Wigs hats. On, on melons <laughs> the next, or, or different uh, or the next version. Sporting balls. Okay. A sport. Yeah. Oh, okay. A, yeah. One game a year randomly pops up as a, uh, you have to play with a completely different ball. Sorry. Hey, this, you know, rule we put into place. Uh, hey, look, I don't know. <laughs> Who are you? You can't just show up and say this. <laughs> well, 
I did register as an LLC, and I'm the <laughs> I'm the like weird news before a game delivery service. See if anybody buys it, worth a shot. <laughs> hey, look, pal, I'm just as uh, upset about this as you are. <laughs> I love basketball. Yeah, you, know, you think yeah. I want to see? You guys use a football out there? <laughs> yeah. Killing me. Trying try to bounce the football, yeah. Really? We really have to do this? Do, why do we have to listen to you? I, you know, I, I, I did a corp and an LLC. All right, fine. Uh, I think if you put a barrister's wig on uh, a football, it would look like Kermit the Frog. Oh, man. It would evoke that. Okay. A barrister's wig yeah. on Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Oh, shape of head wise. I was trying to uh, reach for the what the answer was. I was like, oh, yes. Shape of headwise, you're saying, right? Yeah, Shape of yeah, the character headwise, the, the famous Muppet headwise. Ah, hey, come here, Kermit. Ah, I'm headwise the Muppet. Headwise in his cousin Courtwig. <laughs> headwise in Courtwig. Oh, start the cartoon tomorrow. How many fans do you have by the following day? That's a great Quite name. Quite a few. Quite a few. Yep. <laughs> the, uh, the, have you seen the Hatwise? Uh, Hatwise, another great name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hatwise Productions. <laughs> um, the hats, the, you know. So we got the the bearskin hats that the Queen's guards wear. That's not a bad um, name. <laughs> <laughs> And then they have those Russian hats, which are basically the same thing, but like bigger and they're white instead of uh, black. I guess they're maybe it's from a polar bear. I'm not sure. Yeah. And Um, it you know, if they can both wear hats like that, shouldn't the uh, Russians and the Brits be able to get along better? If they can, exactly. If their soldiers can wear the same. (laughs) You'll let me finish. (laughs) If their soldiers can wear the same. Big, tall, furry hats, then, you know, can't we all learn a little something? Somebody says that into a self-facing camera and gets 80 million likes on uh, TikTok, you know? On Mormon TikTok. Yeah, that, the, <laughs> I will say that the Russian hats are not as tall. Okay. I, one, one thing the Russians have right, I think, is they don't have that strap under. Like, you don't make a hat so tall that you have to put an uncomfortable strap underneath your chin. Like, right. just put a... Make it so it sits nicely on the top of your head. Yeah. And they're probably too ready to shut that down every time. Hey, aren't these the same as the Russian hats? No, no, no. Way different height. But (laughs) I think if you privately, you know, of course, they must think highly of what they're doing or they wouldn't be doing that unless it's like it's not a job like joining the army where you just do it because you have to. Right. Like these guys probably love what they're love those hats yeah like this is more of a knights of columbus sign up sheet i think these guys i think you're right about that yeah what percentage (laughs) though if you like get them a few drinks deep a few warm beers uh deep and you just say come on that hat is so stupid right like don't you think that hat sucks (laughs) what percentage are are going yeah 25 percent. they have a loyal bunch um, okay. Yeah, because yeah. I think a lot of them. Be, but the, my answer is more because certain guys get there and realize quickly it's not for them. So I think you got to include those guys in the statistics. You know, 
a six month snapshot shot. Right. Day two or three, I think that hat starts to uh, wear pretty thin. Yeah. Tommy, you ever pictured yourself in the military? Has that ever been a uh, a passing or deep thought of yours? Uh, I tend to fantasize about uh, more like going to jail seems more likely. Okay. Um, 60 days in style. Yeah. But uh, I have something on, on this hat thing because I Please. see, I see uh, something that, 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 that to me is sort of a, an inhibitor of evolution and it's right. you know if we change our way of thinking about this one thing then somebody's gonna lose their job so like barack obama bless his heart uh tried to give health care to the american people uh but when it came down to it he said, but what about all the people who work for insurance companies? Then they won't have jobs. So I guess we need the insurance companies after all. And, you know, I think he had the same thing in slavery. They were like, well, yeah, slavery is bad, but if we end it, then what about all the people who build slave ships, you know, and work on the ships? They're going to be out of jobs. What are we going to do? So I think those hats probably like you know one of you two brought up the idea of, why not just make one that fits then you don't need the strap but what about the people who make the straps top and Pete? Oh. you know we got to keep making them the wrong size or right. else we're gonna put this whole industry you know all the uh, strap schools that teach those people how to do it yeah, I would say double or triple the number of straps. Just uh, <laughs> you know, put them, dangle them off the sides. <laughs> I, right. I, certainly, I. Whenever I'm thinking about revamping any of these hats, I'm picturing a big process with a lot more people involved making the hats. <laughs> well, but just make them comfy. I think my point that I didn't know I had, but it turns out I do, is it's. All busy work. When the pandemic happened and all of a sudden we weren't going to go to work, I thought the world was going to change, you know, because uh, like the stock market crashed. Rich people were scared. What if they stop working? Right? The rich people weren't working. We were working. Then we stopped, and I thought everybody was going to realize, oh, wait a minute, we're not doing it, and we're fine, and the rich people and old, powerful people who we all hate are scared shitless. What's happening here? Hmm. But that that awakening didn't happen. Instead, uh we seem to have gone out in the streets like, I want to go and make more straps. I need to be, <laughs> you know, in the insurance industry. I, I, right. I want to, I work on a slave ship. What about me? Build more uh, tall hats to look taller, you know, yeah. for your military. That's probably what it was. You know, hey, we, we want to look from farther away. We want to look a foot taller, 
big fuzzy hats. It just looks like a, a head in the distance. Uh, that could be. I, I get what you're saying too, Tommy. Uh, Busy work and funny money, you know, like, right. and, but if, if you stop doing the work and spending the money, look who starts to sweat. It's not me. It's these people who I like abhor and find to be, um, you know, like a, a blight on the soul of humanity that start to get uncomfortable. And I like that. Right. It seemed like we were barking up a, the right tree there. And then, you know, people got to pay their rent and stuff like that. And then it was nice for a while because they were like, yeah, we're going to let you not do that. But like at some point, people still got to buy food and, and pay for the rent. Monthly payment to the billionaires, you know, just keep them, keep billionaires billionaires for that act that was passed by uh, when they overturned, uh, you Mansion know. Mansion and cinema. Yeah. Joe Manchin versus uh, Marjorie Ann Taylor. Yeah. Uh. It's a sticky wicket. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, the tall whenever... hats. The tall hats for more cops, you're saying, Tommy. It's a lot you're of saying, straps. You're saying bring tall hats over to our cops in the United States. I tell you, I really like this songwriter, Todd Snyder. I think he's got his head screwed on straight. And listening to him, uh, I feel refreshed. Like, you know, oh, somebody's saying it right there, very cleverly um, and clearly. And we can just listen to it. He says, don't need the work like you need the work done. Right. But I don't know if that's exactly true either. Because, like, these billionaires are still actually billionaires. So, like, yeah, everybody stopped doing the work. I don't even remember why I was trying to earn more money anyway. I have all the money, so I'm good. Just, yeah, I'm just not... sell all your stuff and just have a regular house. And you're then, all right, well, I'm still rich if I can afford to live out the rest of my life and not, like, that's, right? You're a billionaire. You can, everyone you know in your life can have a nice house and live the rest of their life having a great time if nobody's doing anything. So have more people get to be friends with billionaires, what you're saying. So the when they take care of everybody they've ever met at the end. Yes, like a dating app for billionaires where you can just become their their friend. Right, yeah. Yeah, have, have them buy you a house at some point in the next 10 years. I think That's that we nice. apply like a gaming theory to life that doesn't work. Mm. Like in a game... If you solve the level or the puzzle, then and you're done uh, and it's over and you get this nice reward. But in real life, you know, a person's walking down the street and then they find enlightenment and then they keep walking down the street. There's nothing right. else to do, you know. So when you achieve your goal of being the richest or having the most sex or the fastest car or whatever it is that floats your boat having the biggest widest quarter note like 
Israel Crosby, <laughs> maybe. Right, the Blant Man. But that's when you move the goalpost real quick, right, Tommy? That's when you're like, all right, I did it. Now I got to just move the goalpost farther down well, the road, further that, down the that's, road. Maybe in this that's case. the hamster wheel. That's the Judeo-Christian, like, I can, I, I'm a sinner. I can never be enough. Oh, Whatever no, I, I do, I, more, I should always be more. I was thinking along the lines of, uh, you know, hey, the world record is a 10-minute mile. Uh, oh, well, some guy did it in 930. Oh, well, now I'm going to do it in 930. And then just like, but nobody had done that for 600 years. But like the second somebody does it, so any, anything with that moving the goalpost, like oh yeah, complete enlightenment. All right, now enlightenment means more enlightenment. Right, it's an infinite scope. The the, the achievement. Uh, uh, this is what I'm trying to say. We behave as though the achievement will unlock some new thing, but it doesn't. When you become what you wanted to be, then here you are, what you wanted to be, and it doesn't really solve anything. I have. Or does example. that mean it wasn't what you wanted to be? Or did, that doesn't prove anything? No, you're just like, oh, well, I, I did it, and I'm so confident that was the thing that was supposed to be. Or, or do you go, oh, maybe I'm supposed to do something else now. Now I'll uh, like these. That's what I'm saying. These fire up coaches. Oh, go uh, try out for the community play. Oh, you hate it? Who cares? What harm did it do trying? I bought a pair of jeans. Uh, that's that's a good lyric actually oh. uh based on my paul simon training just a pair of jeans. About, uh, yeah <laughs> 49.99 did you know what else cost money your love, love for you your love cost money i don't know i think i lost the paul simon feel towards the end but it was barking up it, a, uh, you had it for a minute you had it. Uh, yeah i trailed off into the uh, appalachian uh, trail for a minute what, what, what about the jeans tup is finally saying something Yes. <laughs> Excuse me, man. Yeah, I just tried to take I, it away. I finally have something to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. So I bought a pair of jeans, and I was they they took a little longer to get here, and I was really waiting for the jeans. Like I, I don't even know why I bought jeans. It's it's the middle of summer. It's way too hot to wear jeans, um, and I don't wear jeans either. <laughs> huh. So uh, you don't? And uh, no, I do. I do from time to time. Uh, it's sort yeah. I do from time to time. And then uh, mostly I don't, though, to be real honest with you. Uh, but then, so then I'm waiting for the jeans. And, like, I'm thinking about them most days. Those jeans are coming. Okay. I got I got that pair of jeans coming. Honey, did you and see the, the jeans? No, not yet. Yeah. No, I, not yet. They're not here yet. Let me check Amazon. Okay, it says, that it says they're going to be shipped soon. Okay, it says they shipped. All right, the jeans are coming. They'll get here really soon. Oh, here are the jeans. Let me try them on. Great, they fit. They look pretty good. What do you think? They look good, right? Yeah, they, these look pretty good. And then just nothing, you know? <laughs> that's, that's the life uh, metaphor or story that's that yours. Yeah. That's it. And then it's just that there, there was nothing to that. There was nothing to right. the jeans. The I didn't jeans didn't really fit. It. I didn't really need the jeans in the first place. They fit me just fine. They look great. Uh, they're just what I needed. But um, did I? But yeah. And I was really, you know, I was kept uh, kind of occupied by their their coming, their arrival. My so to speak, working towards having the jeans. 
And then I had him and then nothing, you know, back back to just bitter, bitter emptiness. But you would have felt like a failure if they hadn't arrived. You'd have thought like, I can't even order something online. So like, whereas getting them doesn't take you anywhere. Something that has nothing to do with you, like getting fucked up. You'd be like... God, like it couldn't even fucking get the jeans. Now this this is funny because like nothing in my life satisfies me at all ever, and that's known. <laughs> Except <laughs> I have a pretty good relationship with jeans. <laughs> you know, I I I get Levi's, um, the dark, the darkest farmer, stiffest one that they'll give you. You know, uh, okay. they, oh, yeah, nice. the 501, um, and I think call a guy. the ID, the idea is it's going to shrink to fit. Um, oh, nice. So they're not pretty shrunk. Little big. And, and, and so I get, I get a 2936 and I order them and they're so dark that you can't tell if they're blue or black. Nice. And then. Tommy, did you put your fingers in them? And your thumbs not out, like your thumbs stick out. Where, where, where are my fingers? <laughs> your your four fingers go into the jean pocket, but your thumb stays out, and it kind of like I want to picture you in a picture you in a real comfortable way in these jeans. Oh no, like, no, you know they, they that, would that, not that, be like, comfortable at this point. At at this point, like my four fingers would be in the pockets, and there would be like pain where the pocket is. You know, crossing they're my so wrist. Tight. I got gotcha. you. Well, it's not that uh, they're stiff. stiff and thick, right. right? Is what you want I mean, for the number, not like your forefinger, whatever that is, like the top of your finger. But I guess at the top of your finger too. Oh, it works both ways. All yeah, right. yeah. The, That's a whole my f- language thing. My forefingers, all eight of them, are in there. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but then I wear the jeans until they fall apart. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. Like you know, I'm not. Uh, do you have women in your life, and they're like, "How come your jeans are so awesome?" And then, and then you get to look <laughs> at them and say, "Like, check this out. Here's the pair I just got." You know, and they stand up by themselves, and here's the <laughs> pair I'm wearing. You know, and then I tell them. Come and see me in fifteen years, you know. And oh, those are great gonna be way keys. to keep people. Yeah. yeah, keep checking in with me uh, and see the progress of my pants. A jean progress account, YouTube account, uh, Tommy. Oh yeah, the progress of my jeans. Uh, time lapse. Well, I, I was yeah. thinking, why don't I let them uh, <laughs> like make a mark inside the leg, like a nail polish or something? You know, like okay. like like carving your initials on a tree. <laughs> right yeah that's right cool. yes are you cuffing those jeans at a uh, 2936 or are you just uh are you just all legs uh yeah i'm I, i'm all legs and i i like to hike them up you know uh, oh nice and, uh yeah it, it, it somehow it works out it works out they, they're a little too long you know I try not to wash them, but you do have to wash your pants, guys. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's not an everyday thing, but you yeah. you do need to wash them. Yeah, if, like an everyday pair once a week, maybe a uh, 
at once a week pair of pants, then, you know, bump that up to month and a half. I think there's a, what's that, a Richter scale of, of how you can, can like see down the road of depending on how long you've worn them in the interval, how often you need to wash them. I think you're talking about it's a Geiger the, yeah. counter. The Geiger counter, yes. right. The thing with the, uh, where you move the uh, abacus things over one at a time. Yeah. It, one of my favorite television shows of all time <laughs> is called Skins. And uh, okay. it's about these uh, high school these kids. These skins who are all cops. <laughs> these pieces of skin, hunks of skin. This, uh, like Assy McGee, but for skin. Like Assy McGee, but yes. So this metalhead <laughs> kid is trying to work up his nerve to talk to this metal chick that he has a crush on. And she puts him down, you know, like before he can even get a word out. And one of the things she says, she says, like, I can smell your jeans from here. Ooh, and that, the smelly jeans guy. That really stuck with me, particularly because, like, there's a Pat Metheny, the jazz guitar player. He has a, a record called I Can don't, See. Don't smell my jeans. <laughs> I can see your house from here. <laughs> And so I, I kind of play a game where it's like, I can blank your blank from here, you know? Okay. <laughs> I can smell. Okay. Uh, yeah. I can, uh, smell your khakis from here. Yeah. I, I played the game with, uh, jazz guitarist, Paul Piper, and he said, I can smoke your chicken from here. Ooh, nice. Uh, That's good. Yeah. That sounds I, tough. I wouldn't have gone there, but it, you can get there from here. Right. I could blank my blank on you. Oof. Yeah. Let's soften. I it. left out the part about uh, of my exciting story about the jeans, about washing them. So it's good that we got to that point. But yeah, I got the jeans. Uh, I feel like everybody's going to be clamoring to go back to that part of the of the story where I was right. Talking. Post a picture of the jeans. Post a picture of the jeans. <laughs> you know, leave me alone. I got a life to leave. And then I did get them, and like I said, they fit just fine. But then I was like, but maybe they'll be even better after I wash them. So then I got to look forward to what they would be like after I washed them. And oh. then I washed them. They came out. They were good. Better, maybe, maybe a little bit better. Um, but then, yeah, back to the emptiness. Do, do you, have you ever, and I'll just go ahead and say I have, um, you get your new jeans and then you wear them in the hot shower and then wear the wet jeans, you know, oh. until they dry. And this Mold is, them a little, huh? That's right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get know that, about like, that. Like no. couch knee bend, huh. you know, where in the uh, your favorite couch position. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, I, I will. I will uh, check that out. You guys are That's real cool. guys. I, <laughs> I I admire that about you. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, I wonder, wonder where that all comes about. from. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes, indeed. Girls what about, know about this. Girls oh, definitely, okay, definitely mean. know about this. 
Like, oh, I see. And now, I, where, where girls go so far as to wear their jeans in the bathtub, but I'm a man. Okay, you know, I stand they don't have up. To wash I'm, them. I'm in the shower. Okay. Yeah. You go hot, boiling hot, Tommy. Oh, you, well, you know what I've been doing lately is, I like a hot shower, like everybody else. I'm not crazy, but. I start with it comfortably hot. And then as I'm showering, I become less like Tup with his jeans, less and less satisfied by the experience. And so I, I go cooler and cooler and cooler yeah. uh, so that by the end, I'm, you know, going, ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. It's hard to breathe with that, that cold water. Yeah, it, it, I I really like the the place where it puts my mind like uh you know I'm perfectly capable of standing under cold water and <laughs> not freaking out, you know, if I jumped in the pool, yeah. it would be cold. I wouldn't be worried about it, you know. That when I go into the ocean, yes, there is that thing of like it's better to just go in all at once as opposed to like, you know, dreading, uh, yeah. I hate to talk about my nuts in a public forum, but like dreading the water getting to my nuts. That's when it matters, right? Yeah, rubber meets the road. Yeah. Yep. But you gotta just, you don't want to get over it though. Yeah, Even you know it's going to be better and you still can't do it sometimes where it's like, this is just so cold. Like I can't do the thing that I know will work. Yeah. Oh, 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 I can't do the thing that I know will work. Ooh, Welcome man. to my world, Peter Moon. Free podcast. Oppositional defiant disorder. Oh, is that good? We do have a, man, that is uh, odd. That's nice. When there's a whole wing of study already dedicated to something you think you just uh, invented. Years of college research done already. Yep. That's got a name. It's then, uh, Oppositional Defiant Disorder. Yeah, that's oh, pretty wow. cool. I mean, it's not, maybe it's maybe it's uh, very well, upsetting. It, I, well, I mean, here's the deal: if the fact that you should do something because you want to, because it's the right thing to do. makes it so that you cannot do that because like you won't back down. You're so punk rock that like, I'm not going to do what anybody tells me to do. Even if that somebody is me. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Right? Yeah. Oh, man, that's wild. I don't even listen to myself. That's a nice one. That's how much of a, right. That's how much of a, a rule I don't follow. It's a nice little corner into which to paint oneself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because then everything, like, should I get out of bed? Yes. Well, then I'm not going to. <laughs> wow. Man. Oh, you answer every question like that. And uh -huh. before you know it, yeah, you're, you've, uh, right. Can't you just trick yourself, yourself right it. after that, though, and go like, 
Well, who do you think you are telling me I'm not going to get out of bed? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it, 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 it starts to work, and then the other guy joins follow in. Follow it through, Top. <laughs> follow it through. Exactly. Pete's got it. Follow it through. Yeah. What would happen next? No, well, you can't you tell just me what to act do. Really quickly. Well, you can't tell me what to do. You know, and it just uh-huh. goes on forever and ever, and then Tommy gets sick of it and just doesn't do either thing. Right. I talk to right. myself like this. I'm like. Tommy, you can stay in bed if that's what you want to do. Or you can get up if that's what you'd prefer. But what I won't permit is for you to lay in bed and feel bad about it. Oh, that's nice. Tom, me, and Tom, you. Yeah, you that know? sounds pretty good. I like that. Uh, if you're saying it to yourself in that voice, Tommy, yeah, that's an incredibly kind way to treat yourself in the morning. Oh, that. Although it did sound like restrained fury in a way. Oh. That the, the, yes, thank you, Top. Thank you, thank you. You heard that. Yes, right. Yeah. A sarca- yeah. Add the word sarcastic to that description, yeah. maybe. Um, it's. Fine with me, whatever you choose. You're yes. deserving of love. That's all pre-approved. All just maybe good. that bookshelf is going to fall over and kill you. I don't know. <laughs> you know, just like the uh, the mob style of. I didn't technically threaten you, but I did the uh, whatever that other thing's called, the dance around. That's that is uh, that sounds really frustrating. If that's like, uh, is that an actual, uh, is that in the book? That's a real life condition, Tommy? Or is that just a, uh, a yeah, name that, that you've that, given no, to? No, no, that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, for a second, I felt understood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're understood big time. It passed. Uh, oh, no. no I, <laughs> no, I, I do feel Because understood. I asked if it was a real a real life thing. No, no, I, no, no, I, no, no I, I assumed it was. I just wanted, yeah. didn't want to... I've never heard of it, so I didn't want to assume. It is, you know, the therapist who just um, stopped working with me, uh, he was so cool about it, you know, because, like, imagine trying to work with somebody who has that condition, right? Anything you tell them to do, they'll be unable to do, and you know it. (laughs) Yeah, damn. So dang, he was is saying, it about giving you like different choices then? So you don't have like a, uh, yeah, like just giving you different ideas and not giving you a prescription. Is that does that work better? Well, this guy was the the, the only therapist I've ever like kind of been able to get a foothold with because he would say stuff like. Well, this is when I'm glad that I don't believe in diagnostic models. Because if I did, I would say that you have oppositional defiant disorder. Oh, kind of that mob threat way, but in, with a doctor. Yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> you technically, right? A little bit. It's a good thing that neither you nor I subscribe to these ideas you know uh (laughs) yeah right yeah because if you did i'm not saying anything but 
Maybe a boulder would roll down the back of the mountain and hit your house. I don't know, you know. It would be like the end of the session and he'd say, this isn't homework. You know, I'm not telling you to do anything, but, uh, you know, see if you feel like Paying thinking me about for this. all these sessions. Uh, <laughs> tup, tup, would that it were so. The guy told me he didn't want to work with me anymore. He broke up with me. I was still like, I still had my checkbook. Yeah, damn. What? What was it? Just because he like thought that you guys weren't making progress, he wasn't helping you, or what? What reason did he give? He he gave me three three choices of reasons. Yeah, the, to, to 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 make of what I will. So one was he doesn't want to do transatlantic clients anymore. Okay. Okay. He was yeah. flying you out for these sessions? It was o- o- <laughs> over uh, Zoom. Okay. He's in Switzerland, Basel. Uh, Basel mm. Rathbone. And is the name of the person or that that's a place? Basel is a town in Switzerland, which is where, uh, according to... My therapist Basel lives. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Dr. Rathbone. <laughs> who played Sherlock Holmes that's Dr. Rath- Dr. Rathbone to you <laughs> uh, well yeah Basel is featured heavily in the new Netflix documentary How to Change Your Mind the the psychedelic uh, have you guys checked that out oh okay the no, Michael Pollan no, book How to Change Your Mind is now a four part documentary on Netflix and they they show they like recreate Albert Hoffman, the inventor of LSD. You know, he accidentally dosed himself and became the first person to trip, like in a lab right. with no expectation. And then he tried to ride his bicycle home uh, through Basel. Oh, wow! Uh, How about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And right. so they Basel McRae. right through the guy, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a physics experiment. He donated his body, said, ride directly through me. I've I've seen a great light or life, were they saying about Jesus? The people in darkness have seen a great light, of course, based on the darkness line before it. Um, yeah, drove right through him, and uh, that's what the, uh, do you want to donate your body to science when you die question comes from that guy. He was the first to say, yep. Slice me right down the middle by by driving through me. Yeah. Terrible case of a uh, guy being cut in half. Um, <laughs> yes. The, so so he said, I, I don't want to talk to people overseas. And then what were the other options that he gave you for reasons? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to do transatlantic. Uh, he, he said that. I'm not that- a real therapist. <laughs> kind of he was like if therapy was computer repair I do this level of work log out of your account and log back in 
Okay. Is the problem still That's there? That's the kind of stuff he was helping you with? Yeah. Uh, he says, <laughs> Doc, I can't log in. He says, I'm not going to get a screwdriver out and, and start looking at circuit boards and, and, and doing, you know, component level rewiring shit. That's not what I He's do. He's like, figure it out yourself. What are you asking me for? <laughs> I, I thought so I hired saying you like, as a like, therapist. You need to go next level up kind of thing uh, well or down whatever it, it was it was like i've done what i do and if that doesn't you know if if there's still something left that's up to you right because mm. he was serious i'm not gonna die he's you. like you've done it you've done it yeah like you know yourself like that yeah go out into the world yeah yeah cool what does a Switzerland guy accent sound like, Tommy, real quick? Well, he's British. And, and th there's a whole ah. like cottage industry in Basel uh, of these British guys doing sort of pseudo-therapy. Uh, it's a pretty good racket. How are your British accents? I, I was going to say, what does a true Basilian <laughs> sound like? I know, not the British guys who are hanging out there. A true uh, native of well, uh, Basile. According Basel. to one of these British guys, 60% uh, of the residents of Basel are expats. Okay. So, yeah, if you want to meet real Swiss people, maybe don't go to Basel. Right. The expats, right. The, the former patriots. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not as though you've got oppositional personality disorder. Something like that. <laughs> Does that, that sound believable? Oh, yeah. Swiss Brit? That. I mean. No, you've got to go more like uh, Gandalf. Uh, uh, oh, you know, what? you know what? I watched the Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> Disney thing. Uh, he, he talked a lot like Obi-Wan Kenobi in that thing, you know. Is that uh, right? Uh, James Gandolfini. Yeah, you know, you got to get some fucking therapy on the next level up. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Bang, fucking therapy. No, how does he talk? That's it. Yeah. Um, That's very good. You take your fucking therapy and you go, uh, you know, you see it. No, I'm not quite there, but it's. That's not Gandalf, no. No. The third uh, reason brother... was liability concerns. Okay. Okay. He said. You know, All as freewheeling and back alley and off uh, the books as his air quotes practice was, he said, there are still like standards and people looking at the work he's doing. And uh, it was felt that uh, it, perhaps he was opening himself up to liability concerns uh, okay. through his work with me. And he said, he gotcha. said, like, you know, if I wanted to cling to him like a teddy bear, which I have started sleeping with my childhood teddy bear, and I find it really soothing. Like, I kind of wish my bear was with me right now. Uh, he said, maybe we could, we could talk about a waiver or some kind of stuff. But again, I think it's maybe part of that oppositional thing 
if you tell me you don't want me, I will fuck off. You know, like, uh, that's cool. You, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, and this, put it on my license plate or my tombstone or whatever. Don't do me any favors. You know, if, sure. if you don't want me in your life, I understand and I'm cool with that. I would like to be with people who don't feel that way. And so if you feel that way, please do us each a favor and let me know. Yeah. Tommy, that reminds me of uh, something I always say, which is uh, put my license plate on my tombstone. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is at the time. Just <laughs> that, is, that is a real time saver. <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. Put a button with recordings of my farts. Um, what was I going to ask as a follow-up to that, Tommy? Oh, I was curious if you thought at any point, like, he was like, this guy is, like, just smarter than I am. And, like, he doesn't, he, like, can't even speak, like, the same language. You know what I mean? Like, you've evolved just, like, beyond what he even can follow or something. I, I'm, I'm trying to spin it where, like, He's intimidated by you or like feels you've eclipsed him in some way. Uh, I sort of did feel like we had reached a parody of sorts, not parody, but a yes. Parody. Yes, um, that I dug where he was coming from. You started a parody account. Of his. Exactly. <laughs> I came to the sessions <laughs> dressed as him. <laughs> and I changed the background on my camera to look like his office. <laughs> Started talking exactly like him back to him. <laughs> I have no idea why he doesn't want the sessions were like, anymore. Stop that. Stop yeah. that. No, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. <laughs> You're just doing the repeat him thing. I'm not yeah. going to tell you again. I'm not going to tell you again. Home, home. Sign this waiver. Sign this waiver. <laughs> <laughs> How do I log into my account? How do I log into my account? Uh, <laughs> well, thanks yes, for joining us. Join us <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, Podbercast, for joining us. Tom Bernath, Podbercast. One more uh, call back to that. And did we want to call back... Um, do we want to call back any of the other stuff? The tough approach to podcasting? No, um, probably won't make wait, it. Wait, I, I have something else to say to the listeners, though. Like, all, all oh, that please. very personal stuff about my therapy, could we keep that between us? You know, I think it was by yes, far the not. best part of the podcast, but we... No, we I mean, top Pete... Us, the listeners, And everybody saying. who heard it. Yeah, let's, let's just let it be our little secret. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. 
This is the week everybody starts listening to it, including that guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. In Basel, you know who you are. I'm winking, even though it's the radio. Yes, tag all the Basel therapists. <laughs> in this the bazillions of them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the bazillions of the bazillions. Um, Basel, yeah, Basel so to every. Hat. <laughs> yeah, Basel Toff to all you. Uh... <laughs> that was a good one, Pete. I, I'm Thank glad you. we hung on. End on a good I, one. Now I feel less bad for the listeners because they got Basel Toff. Yeah, Basel Toff <laughs> to everybody out there. Thank yeah. you. Good night. Tuff's approach to podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> what we're famous.